It's the intersection of politics and economics. Welcome to The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell. I handle the politics. He's Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. He handles the economics. And this week, we are seeing the intersection of both global international politics and domestic earnings, as well as the Federal Reserve, all kind of come together to impact markets. Dave, I want to start with uh, a big run on the Dow. We had just weeks and weeks of high uh, watermarks. We're, we're getting to the point where we're near a, a year-long high. We're getting to near all-time records on the Dow. What's really fueling this, do you think? Well, yeah, I think that we talked about this maybe about six months to a year ago when 85 to 90% of economists say that we're going to have a recession uh, sometimes you should probably be a contrarian. And so right now, there is more than a 50% chance that we're going to have a soft landing. And again, the market looks ahead. If we're looking that we have hit the trough on earnings, and that's what it looks like, we had an earnings recession, and now earnings are beginning to get better, that means that the market is looking ahead six months. So if we got through our earnings recession, and that's what's, what appears that has happened, then that might mean that it might get through this thing. It's possible without a recession. It really comes down to confidence, not only by the consumers, but by CEOs. I did see a concerning comment, though, the other day in the Wall Street Journal, and one of the CEOs said, you know, if there's a 60 or 70% chance that your basement is going to flood, you're going to begin to pull things out of the basement, and that's what we're doing. That was the comment from the CEO. So, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, so I do think that there is still some confidence issues that are beginning to happen, and as you pointed out, there is politics happening all over the world, not just in China and Russia, but domestically as well. Yeah, and of course, domestically, the biggest issue is the presidential election, what we're seeing right now. Uh, in addition to what I would consider to be sort of a parallel issue, and that is, over the past couple of weeks, the investigation into President Biden and the foreign business dealings that he is, I think, beyond any reasonable doubt, involved in with his son, Hunter, and what that's going to do. There has been uh, this sort of idea in the back of, I think, a lot of political analysts' minds that Biden might not actually be the Democratic nominee in 2024. And instead of simply resigning the presidency, allowing uh, Kamala Harris to run as an incumbent, albeit a short-term incumbent, but still, you have the advantage of the office of the presidency. He would serve out his first term, not run for a second, and in fact, throw the Democratic nomination into an open primary. The thinking is, if it becomes so much that not only is Biden showing his age— but he is also hampered by this what seems to be growing scandal as much as many in the media are trying to ignore it. Is there a chance that the powers that be in the Democratic Party say to Joe, hey, maybe it's time to step aside. You had a good term, but you said yourself you were going to be a transitional president, not a transformative president. 
Is it time now to hand things over to a new generation? And clearly, the preferred next generation candidate would not be Harris, but rather California's Governor Gavin Newsom. Yeah, so you've got that going on. And on the other side, the Republican side, despite the fact that Trump is leading the polls right now, what we're hearing and people that I'm talking to are saying perhaps we need another name as well. So I know that Biden and Trump are far and away the thought that that's going to be the nominees for their respective parties. There is a lot of people that I talk to, Dan, that would like two fresh faces that are not criminally indicted, that are not, uh, you know, all of these things. And so maybe a fresh start might be a possibility as well. Well, that while there is that desire, and I think that's reflected, I, I think you can see in the appeal of Bobby Kennedy Jr. and the the rise, there's a, a headline in the Drudge Report, Ramaswamy Rising, mm-hmm. uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, the entrepreneur who I still maintain is running for president solely to build his own brand. He knows mm-hmm. he has no chance of actually winning. The rise of those two, specifically Bobby Kennedy Jr., is speaking to the level of dissatisfaction that most Americans have with Biden and Trump. I think there is an abiding sense that it's time to turn things over to a new generation of leaders, that the baby boom generation had their time, and yet there is still this overwhelming lead for Donald Trump on the Republican side. If national polls and even early state polls are to be believed, there's almost no chance for a Ron DeSantis or a Ramaswamy or anyone else to unseat him. This, as we talk about Biden's legal troubles, comes as Trump is almost certain to be indicted for inciting an insurrection or inciting a riot uh, for his Uh, speech and actions on January 6th, and also he is likely to face, I believe, criminal indictment in Georgia Mm -hmm. for what Democrats say were his efforts to overturn the election there when he had a phone call with Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, and was basically telling Raffensperger, hey, find a couple of votes in Georgia. You'll be a hero if you do. Now, you've got that going on on that side. And let's go back to the Democratic side for a second. I see that, you know, despite the fact that Biden has put himself out there as the president for the unions, there are some major unions that have not spoken yet. All of that says if he doesn't get support from the unions, just talk about the political aspects of that, that it is possible, let's mark the tape here, that the polls are way wrong and that it is not Trump and Biden, that it's two new names, whomever it may be, and that it will change the markets. And that's something we're going to continue to pay attention to. And at the same time, the Federal Reserve, of course, it continues to make news as they're trying to tamp down inflation, which mostly that they caused, and trying to tamp down inflation, despite the fact that all of the inputs right now are starting to rise again. And I'm talking about low unemployment rates. I'm talking about energy prices coming up. I'm talking about real estate markets still healthy. All of those are inputs into CPI. Man, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, there certainly are. Specifically with the real estate market, though, uh, I have heard some troubling signs. 
in the real estate market, specifically that the market is slowing down because of higher interest rates and yep. people just not willing to sell. There, are, I mean, there have been well-documented supply issues right. really since the start of the pandemic, but are you sort of seeing the same thing? Well, yeah, of course, but the, when there's a lack of supply, which there continues to be a lack of supply, and now you've got interest rates higher, so people say, I'm not going to sell my current home because I'm going to, you know, what I was paying 2%, I'm now going to pay 7%. I'm not going to to do that. So that exasperates the lack of supply. What we are hearing is when a good house comes up, they're getting seven, eight, ten offers for those houses. And so there is continuing demand. Now, prices have started to come down. That's good news. And so they're starting to moderate still two or three percent, and that's above the Fed's target, but that's what we're starting to see. The pressure, of course, could be not individual homes. It could be in the commercial real estate, which most people are calling for a bit of a disaster coming down the road, especially with the overglut of office space. That is something that we're hearing a lot. And then that, of course, drips into potential banking issue. That is a bigger story on the real estate function more than, I think, a lack of home supply. So a lot of stuff that we need to look at, Dan. You know, one of the things that is really interesting, too, internationally, you saw that the Russians bombed a U Ukrainian port. Well, that, that's going to be inflationary, right? Because especially when we're talking about grain prices, that continues to put pressure on that market. And that's why you always, and we always talk about this, you need to know what you own and why you own it, as there is a whole lot of uncertainty in domestic politics, in uh, domestic markets, and also foreign goings-on. And you need to go to AnnexWealth.com for a wealth metric. It is a review of your portfolio, and it is absolutely free at AnnexWealth.com. I also uh, want to talk to you about China. They are essentially doing stimulus yeah, right now. Right. And we... I mean, we have been talking about some of China's struggles, and it's sort of difficult because there is this narrative, I think, in the West, and fueled by, I think, a, a sort of desire to have this United States not be the, the world's sole superpower, that China's growth was unstoppable, that China was on a march to global dominance in in military and financial realms alike— that's not necessarily true, and we're seeing some substantial weakness in the Chinese economy, aren't we? We used to see six, seven, eight, nine percent GDP growth, and so that is being rethought. But you know, one of the benefits, of course, Dan, to communism is when they say we need to jump, every one of their citizens says how high. That you know, that's a that's a little bit of a different situation that they have over there in China. And of course, does he continue? She be continue to be a dictator for life. And so there are those parts we're starting to watch China not grow as fast. And you know, you know, obviously I'm joking about the benefits of communism, but capitalism still is the model. We still are innovating. We still are headed in the right direction despite all of our issues. Yeah, and that's why we, I think, as a service-based and technology and innovation-based economy are still poised in the long run to be the, the world leader sure. in economic. I mean, it just— The new day. Be, yeah. What's that? It's going to be, it continues to be a new day. Technology. Right, exactly. I mean, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, name me an innovation that wasn't developed or perfected 
in America. There was an article, I think it was in the Financial Times out of the UK, and it talks about the problem with American exceptionalism is that our finances are so screwed up that if we put an application in to join uh, the EU, that they would deny our application because of the amount of debt that we have in this country. So, you know, it's not perfect. There's no question about that. And so you look at what's happening with China, and it continues to slow down. But at some point, we're going to have a slowdown, and what are we going to do about it? The Federal Reserve, are they going to stop decreasing the balance sheet, turn around and lower interest rates? At what point do we start to address the debt in this country? There are certainly issues that are putting pressure on the global economy. That's why you need to go through your portfolio and say, where should I be invested? Should I be in domestic? Should I be in international, large cap, small cap, fixed income, some parts of the real estate market? And that's what we do. When people come in, Dan, we tear their portfolio apart and say, all right, this is a good piece of it. This is an average piece, and this one is not so good, where you should make some changes. And how does that go into your financial plan? All of this is really what we do from 30,000 feet and why anyone listening to this can take advantage of that. And you can do so by going to AnnexWealth.com. One thing I do need to pass along, as we are recording this podcast on Tuesday morning, the uh, breaking news just crossing our desk, UPS UPS has reached a tentative deal on a new contract with the Teamsters Union, representing more than 325,000 workers. And that does look as though that potential strike on August 1st has been averted. I'm not particularly surprised a strike would have absolutely devastated uh, the nation's global economy. I mean, it would have just ground everything to a halt. We had a vendor who emailed us yesterday and said that if this happens, we're going to have to we're going to have to cut back and stop taking orders. So it would have had a significant effect across the economy. Yeah, the economy would have absolutely shut down. And now if we could just get Hollywood writers and actors back to work, all would be right with the world. Did you read Peggy Noonan's piece in the Wall no, Street I Journal? Didn't. Yeah, you should find it. It's excellent. It talks about the media world. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you well, off. Well, I was just going to say, is this the least noticed Hollywood strike in history? <laughs> right. Well, last night, my daughter was showing me all of the stuff that we have. All of the st- I mean, it's unbelievable. We have Netflix and Disney and this yeah. and that and the other thing. There is so much content I could watch for another year and, and not miss well, them. Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's just no need for new content. The idea of... You know, the the new fall season of TV starting up, it, it really is antiquated. All right, we are out of time for Dave Spano. He's the president and CEO of Annex. I'm Dan O'Donnell. You've been listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice, or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.